Welcome, people. Welcome. To another episode of the Grim Cities. I am your host, Dan. And I am Madeline. Also a host. Also a host. (laughs) And this is the podcast where we talk about spooky shit in the Twin Cities and beyond sometimes. beyond sometimes. Because you know what? There's a world outside of this one, Dan. There is. And you know what? We want to be a part of that world. What do you think alien ghost stories are like? That is a really good question. <laughs> I've never thought about it. I actually have never always, thought about it. Because we always think about aliens being kind of another subgenre of horror. Yeah, sci-fi. like we kind so of... I wonder... Two separate camps of yeah. a similar... Weird. I never thought about that. I don't know. Just something to think about. I mean, totally, because other planets have to have ghost stories, too, or spooky things that they think about, and I wonder how that manifests. I think so. All right. We might have to do an episode on that. Although, I don't know know how we would do any research on that. I'll let you take the lead on that one, Dan. (laughs) No, let's just forget about it. Well, until we find out, we usually like to start every episode with what we call a horror headline. Yep. Something kind of horror related that we experienced this past week. Yeah, something in our lives, our personal lives that we've read about, we've watched, we've experienced ourselves. So do, do you want to go first? I was just go? about to ask you that. Uh, I think you should go first. Oh, sure, I will. Uh, my horror headline happened last night. Ew. No, this is a good one. Oh, good. It's a really that good one. That sounds so scary. No, I mean it was. It's a movie that oh, okay. I watched. Okay, okay. And it is phenomenal. So we talked about in our episode two weeks ago now, actually, because we took a break. We talked about in our last episode. Krampus. Yes. And we also talked about how I watch Krampus the movie every year because it's phenomenal, right? (laughs) Well, as I was looking for places to stream the movie online, I came across other movies that are related to Krampus that have been made. Some of them awful. Like, they looked C-level or below C-level budget films, right? Mm -hmm. But then there was this one that I watched a trailer for, and I said, I need to watch that. And then I did! (laughs) So the movie is called A Christmas Horror Story. What? Yes, I had never heard about this before. It actually came out the same exact year that Krampus came out. Also features Krampus in it, but it also has other aspects to it. It is so good, Madeline. So basically, it is four different storylines that are kind of happening all at once. And they kind of each have their own horror that they're addressing, right? But then at the end, they all come together, mix and mingle, and you find out that the horrors are related. It was so, so good. How did you watch it? Uh, it was on Amazon Prime. Ooh. It cost a total of a 99 cents to rent. Ooh. So, sorry guys, breaks the bank, so just beware. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so basically these four storylines, I don't want to ruin it, but one storyline was these high school aged kids. One of them is doing a media project on murders that happened in their town exactly a year before on Christmas Eve. And she's kind of doing investigative journalism school project on it, basically. 
The other one is uh, mom, dad, and their son, and their son starts acting cray-cray bananas, girl. It is not good. I'm talking stabby McStab stab. Oh, it's gosh. cray-cray. Yeah. And then the other one is this family who very dysfunctional. They don't like each other. Nobody in the family does. They go to their grandma's house and the grandma has a Krampus statue and the kid's being an asshole and he knocks it over and I can't tell you what happens after that, but things get cray cray. I was just going to ask if that was the kind of Krampus related one that because um, the family in Krampus, they all don't get along. Exactly. So I wonder, yeah, that's like a parallel storyline. Yeah. And then the fourth storyline is at Santa's workshop in the North Pole. Oh, God, I hate it already. And the elves start getting infected. <gasps> what? Yeah. Madeline, this movie is so, so good. Okay, I gotta watch this. I, I gotta. Should I wait until next Christmas to watch it, or should I watch it now? To be honest, at the time we're recording this, mm-hmm. it is before... New Year's, so I think you're still within the Christmas bounds yeah, that you so could too. watch it, and yeah. I would highly recommend it. I feel uh, like I want to watch it with like my brother or something, though. Yeah, it is scarier than Krampus was. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Krampus was fun. Right. It wasn't scary, right? But it still got really funny moments in it. Okay, so it's kind of like dark. It's more horror than comedy, but there is comedic relief, I would say, throughout. All right. So that's the Christmas horror story. A Christmas horror story. A Christmas horror story. So good. So it's kind of like a play on a Christmas story. Yeah. And I think I've mentioned this before, but I like happy, feely Christmas movies, but I also like any excuse to make Christmas more... Like Halloween and spooky. So it was oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like anything to be spooky. Yeah, same. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Dan, uh, you talk about Christmas horror. Yes. We talked about Krampus. Yeah. Mine is also related <gasps> to yes. spooky stories along Christmas. Okay. And it's from, so you know that one of my favorite podcasts, if not my favorite podcast, is Sinisterhood. I do know, yes. Uh, yes, and it's hosted by uh, two women, Christine and Heather. Mm-hmm. And last week for Christmas, they covered the topic, I don't know if you've heard of this, they're, they're called Calaconsary. No. Calaconsary are the plural. Calaconsaros is the singular, but it's an evil goblin that looks kind of like Krampus, and it originated in southeastern Europe. It's like Greece. Okay. And there are these tiny goblins that wreak havoc on the 12 days of Christmas. Cool. So from December 25th to January 6th. Okay, that's... Oh, so they're around for a while. Yeah. All the 12 days of Christmas. So they mentioned that like some of the things that they do are, I mean, they'll kind of physically attack you. They'll hide things. They'll steal what things. What do you mean kind of physically attack you? Well, like, you, you know, like, like scratches and they'll try to like take you back to hell and they'll be like tricksters. They're evil. You know, you know just like just minor like typical, physical attacks. Typical malevolent goblin things. Dan, I don't know how else to explain this no, to you. I just don't think the descriptor kind of needed to be added in front of that. No, they <laughs> physically attack you. <laughs> Oh, man. I mean, I don't know if this is worse or preferred, but they also are known to defecate on your floor. Okay, that's just rude. Yeah. At least use the litter box. Dude, I tell you what. Yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, even cats know how to use a letterbox. Uh, right. right. That's what I'm saying. Do <laughs> better, I've got be two better. of them, so. You do? Yes. One of them's meandering by your computer right now. <laughs> She's living her best life. Yeah, she is. So am I. Yeah, so I learned a lot about these guys. And they're smaller, obviously. There's also one that's known for being, I guess, like a seven-foot version of it. Oh, that okay. That looks a little bit more like Krampus, has horns, and is apparently very well endowed. <gasps> Ooh. Okay, <laughs> so I'm not upset about it. So if you're into that, <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. You know what? I'll allow you to plead the fifth on that one. Thank I will you. not make you self-incriminate. Thank you. <laughs> so that's so funny. We had kind of semi-Christmas horror-related ones. I love. Yeah, that. that's amazing. I mean, tis the season. That's true. Tis the season to be murdered. Ah, tis. But in addition to horror headlines, I think you got a little personal headline that maybe you would like to share. Yes. Uh, so a lot of our listeners do know, but some of them don't. Uh, I will be traveling to Europe for an extended period of time. I will be there for about three months. Um, we will continue the podcast, so you don't have to worry about that. Content will still be rolling out. But that being said, we may be incorporating some international related things to where I'll be traveling. I mean, it's so true. So it's kind of exciting for me, but also exciting for all of you guys, because you're going to get some really interesting topics. Heck yeah. I'm excited to do some international research that we've been talking about. Yes. And there are so many haunted places over in Europe. I know. I am so excited. It's going to be so fascinating. I, I can't guarantee this for everybody, but I really want to... If you can give me the topics ahead of time, or at least hint toward them, I want to go to them and maybe capture some audio for our listeners. That is such a great idea. Okay, yeah. yes. Did you tell them which countries you'll be in specifically? No, but I can. Yes. So I will specifically be going to Spain, mm-hmm. the UK. España. Yes. And Greece. Which... Oh my gosh! Tell us if you see any Calicanzari. I will, oh. especially now that I know what they be are. There during that, oh no, you won't. You'll be there. Okay, but there might be a few lingering still. Dude, fingers crossed for you. Right? Fingers crossed for you. They might just be lingering around, partying it up. You don't know. Catch that audio. I mean, they're known to be partiers. They're probably extending their time because of COVID. You yeah, know, all the yeah. shutdowns and stuff. They need to extend their tirade, yeah. their their rampage. You know. The, they're partying. Yeah. And we all know every good party ends with shitting on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> no truer words have been spoken. <laughs> Do you remember that party I had at the townhouse? I don't know if I like birthday? where this is going. Hang on. Okay. Okay. Do you remember that? It was the... Did somebody shit on the floor? Just let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You arrived a little bit later that night. After everyone had been partaking in refreshments. Me? Late? Never. (laughs) Me? Taking refreshments? Never. (laughs) All of us drinking? Never. Never. But I woke up the next day and I found all of this light brown stuff smeared in the corner of a floor. Oh, no. And I just thought, what the actual fuck is this? Oh, no. And that's when I had a flashback to you eating raw broccoli oh. in the corner. <laughs> and I looked at him and said, oh, this is hummus. <laughs> oh, no. And I was just so relieved. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if you should be relieved because it still was probably a bitch to clean up. <laughs> I'm just glad it was not what I originally oh, thought it was. No. Oh, I destroyed an entire bag of broccoli. 
Do you remember? Yeah. I ate that whole thing you by myself. All, yeah, because we were all out of the other snacks. I felt so bad. Oh, no. Also, I was incredibly shit-faced that night. No, I did not drive home. I'm pretty sure I came with Sam. Yeah, yeah. No, you guys had already been making rounds elsewhere before Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but... Dude, nobody went home sober that night. Yeah, no. But everybody did have safe rides home. Yes, yeah. We were all very safe. Everybody was accounted for. Everybody had a designated driver or they took cabs or ubers yes so oh my god we were young what a but man. we were also pretty responsible when we were young i feel like we're getting less responsible as we get older mm. i'm still young enough to be dumb enough to make bad decisions and then make up for it oh 100 percent. but i digress since you were headed that way I thought today we should cover a location in Spain. <gasps> so we're starting off we're right away. starting right away. Oh, I'm so excited. So now you can go visit one of the locations because you know prior. Exactly. Oh, I love it. Okay. So have you heard of Reina Sofia Museum? I have not. In Madrid. I have not. Okay. The building that houses the Reina Sofia Museum, which is the National Museum of 20th Century Art, has an extensive history that begins in the 1600s. Oh, yeah. ancient. Ancient. King Felipe II had a hospital built in 1604 in El Olivar de Atocha, which means the olive grove of Atocha. Oh. You might have to help me with some of the Spanish pronunciations. That's fine. I will try my best. I can't promise. The building served as a main source of care in the area because apparently there were a lot of people in poverty in that particular area. Okay. Um, according to Raul Martin of ABC Madrid, it was essentially a shelter and hostel for people to come and pass away. Oh, sad. People arrived just to be passed on. Oh. And what did they do with those bodies? Burned them. I mean, maybe some of them, but a lot of them actually happened to be buried on the property. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the shelter took a more hopeful purpose, and that was in the 1700s. Carlos III hired his architect, Francisco Sabatini, to design and construct an actual hospital for those in the Atocha area. Although this means that the history becomes more hopeful, it doesn't make it less morbid. Right. Right. Because during that time, the plague, which we covered in our episode on Pavalia. We did indeed. I suggest you go back and take a listen to what the plague actually entails. It's horrifying. Yep. During that time, the plague and other diseases like cholera ravaged Europe. Ugh. So in many ways, it was still a place where people simply arrived to die. Yeah, they couldn't catch a break. No, and we didn't know about hygiene at the time. No. This is still the 1700s. So per an article on Sardal by Sarah Osterling, the hospital is also where the mentally ill were treated during that time. Okay. Um, But not a lot was known about mental illness. And so many were supposedly chained up in rooms in the basement. I know. It's just so harrowing to hear that. It's so harrowing. And it just makes me thankful that we have come as far as we have there's obviously could be more improvements but it's nice to know that we're no longer chaining people yeah, up. and it's not i mean there's still a stigma but the way that it was demonized at the time where they just didn't understand it that they just assumed it had some kind of right malevolent force behind it 100 percent, yeah so unfortunately that was what they thought to do to take care of it yeah and that in hand with the fact that per a couple articles i read it was also overcrowded anyway yeah Totally. So, um, so side note, Sabatini, the architect, also designed the building for the Ministry of Finance. Its basement was used as a prison and a mass grave during the Spanish Revolution. Oh. And that's just, I think it's right near where the museum is. Interesting. Yeah, but Sabatini is a pretty well-known architect during that time. Yeah. 
Um, so the hospital eventually shut down in 1965, but that gave it over 300 years of history wow. as a hospital and a caretaking place. That's insane. Wild. Uh, the Madrid province of health service took over, and for the next 12 years after it was shut down, the fate of the building was up in the air. Okay. Meaning they weren't sure if they wanted to demolish it or not. Right. It was well, boarded up and closed down. Well, and also, after 300 years, was it even structurally sound? Was it... Oh, gosh, no. Right? I mean, maybe a little. <laughs> I mean, they did probably build things a little bit differently back then. They but... also probably continuously updated and renovated yeah. as they could. Yeah. But in 1977, the building was declared a National Artistic Monument by a rural decree. Cool. And over the 1980s, the building was continuously renovated into what it is today. Wow. Yeah. So it's been around. Yeah. Um, one of the most iconic additions that you'll see when you go yes. is two glass elevators on the facade of the building. Oh. Yeah. You go inside. They're glass and it offers a vista. No, Madeline, those are original, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are original from the 1600s. Everyone knows that they just made elevators in the 1600s. Yeah, it's 100%, especially glass ones. The, the Calacanzari just came and said, <laughs> whoopity boop, with their wands, and said, up. They were the elevator man at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got so that. So they said, up. And <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, God. We need help. <laughs> um, so the glass elevators were actually designed by Jose Luis Iniguez de Azonio and Antonio Vasquez de Castro. Wow. Yeah. Those are long names. Uh, so by royal decree in 1988, the building was dedicated to house a museum of art. Cool. Yes. In 1990, after 13 years of renovations, it opened as the art museum it is today, named for Queen Sophia, Reina Sophia. Oh, my god! So Reina Sophia Museum. That's so cool. I, I wonder how old the Minneapolis Institute of Arts is, now that I just think about this. Definitely not that old. No. So the museum today is famous for displaying works of famous artists like Salvador Dali, Juan Gris, and Pablo Picasso. Oh, so awesome. Ah. Oh. You're going to go see it, right? Hell yeah. Uh, currently, and probably for a very long time, one of Picasso's most famous pieces is on display. It's a mural called the Guernica, and the Guernica was painted for display at the International Exhibition in Paris. And this was in the 1936-1937. Okay. Pablo Picasso was inspired upon first learning that the Germans bombed Basque, which is a region between France and Spain. Okay. The painting is said to depict the horror of war in general. Yeah. But specifically hails back to the Spanish Civil War, which was happening at the time. The Spanish Civil War began with a failed military coup, and it ended in 1939 as all of Europe kind of fell into World War II. Yeah. And this is obviously an abridged version of what I had to say. Right. But, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, everybody kind of had to drop all their internal conflicts and focus on the larger conflict at hand with World yeah. War II. Yeah, and so the failed military coup, that group was called the Nationalists, and they were actually backed by Italy and the fascism, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Yeah, shit. so they, they were the Nationalists, and then the Republic was backed by the U.S., Oh. Places like the U.S. Interesting. Yeah. So the Guernica stayed at the Museum of Modern Art during World War II in fears of it being destroyed. Mm -hmm. It was held there until 1981 when it came back to Spain. Cool. Yeah. So when you go look at that, just remember all of that. Yeah. The painting itself has seen shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so with over 300 years of operation, serving the ill, and also helping terminal people cross over, yep. marks had been made on this site for obvious reasons. Yes. While it was a hospital, supposedly ghosts and goblins of those buried in the basement and the subsoil would come up to the above ground floor and warn patients of their impending death. Ooh. So as people were on their deathbed, the formerly deceased would come up and say, hey, it's your time pretty soon. I don't know if that's nice or would just scare the people about to die more. To be honest, I don't know. I guess it depends on how lucid you were. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if I would rather blissfully slip into death or I would want to know it was coming. I almost feel like I'd rather ignorantly pass. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But I mean, also maybe at the same time it was like, hey, we're welcome you too. Totally. I don't know. You know what? DM us, write in, let us know, would you rather have these ghosts tell you you're going to die or would you rather them leave All of a sudden just be dead. (laughs) Just wake up dead. (laughs) Okay, so many of the first accounts of the hauntings also began with overnight workers at the museum, obviously. It always starts that way. Always. They experienced an influx of paranormal activity in the basement. Okay, which is closest to where people were buried. Yep. 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 As reports piled up, they eventually brought in Grupo Hepta, which is a paranormal investigation team founded by Father Jose Maria Pilon oh. in 1897. They came in in the 1990s, yep. and the group still exists today. Wow. Yeah, it's made up of psychologists, audio experts, researchers, and scientists. It's got to be one of the longest standing paranormal teams in history. 1987? Oh, I thought you said 1890. Oh, did I? No, 1987. I'm sorry. Got it. Uh Yeah, so you can find presentations, lectures, and videos available on their website, which we can also link. Cool. Yeah. And you can reach out to them, FYI. Uh, I might join them. (gasps) Yes. Yeah. And then share some of your audio with us. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'm not even going to ask them for permission. I'm just going to take the audio. (gasps) Yeah. Do it. Yeah, 100%. I want to make this an international affair. Well, I do it for my listeners. Uh, so the Grupo Hepta was called into the museum for investigation in 1992. Yeah. While investigating, they experienced strange events such as elevators operating on their own. Ooh, yeah. I don't like that. No, I wouldn't like it either. Could you imagine being in an elevator and it did something that you did not command it to do as well? Yeah, or if you're not even fully in the elevator yet, you get stuck in the door, it starts going up, people get decapitated that oh, way. Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's just a hazard. Oh, I think about it all the time. I hate elevators. I love elevators. Stairs over elevators. I wouldn't mind going that way. In an elevator or on a stair? In an elevator. Decapitation. As long as it's quick. It won't be. I suppose that gives all of the ghosts and goblins time to come to you and say, hey, <laughs> I, th- I think you're going to die soon. God damn it. And then you can say, uh, yeah. Yeah. No shit. I'm literally mid-decapitation. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I'm going to die. Uh- <laughs> I'll see you in like 5.4 seconds on the other side. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks so much for telling me now. (laughs) So much time to prepare. Um, So a medium who visited the museum is said to have made contact with the spirit of a priest who was tortured during the Civil War since part of the building was actually a prison at the time as well. Oh. Mm -hmm. What were they tortured for? I mean, prisoner of war and for any kind of like maybe impending attacks. Hmm. All right. Also in 1992, the museum received Pablo Picasso's painting, 
right? La Guarnica. Yep. And some say that Pablo Picasso kind of haunts the painting and the museum because his spirit is upset that the painting was transferred from a different museum called Cazón del Buen Retiro, which was once a ballroom. Oh, and he just wanted to dance. He wanted to dance. And again, okay, so I don't know if this is true or not, obviously, but per ABC Madrid that I mentioned before, Raul Martin, yeah. the author, yeah. there has been a lot of unrest that now exists in the building since it was once a hospital. So additionally, the same article states that some of the hospital may have been used for torture rooms during the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And since the painting depicted the horrors of war and the revolution, yeah, perhaps I'm wondering if there's some connection of these horrors are obviously protested against in the painting. And this happened to be a location where these things happened. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it definitely opens up that channel for these spirits to kind of. Yeah. 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 So. That's just something that kind of popped into my head when I was reading it. Huh. So with that, and what may further confirm the presence of spirits, when they began renovations in the 1980s, they found several remains in the basement of the building. Yep. And this was that of children. Children? Yeah, and that's sad. That is sad. Yeah. Um, many say they can still hear the moans and screams of people in agony echo through the building as well. Yikes. So Dan, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What is possibly the scariest apparition you could think of? Wow, that's a good question. I would have to say, personally, an apparition of somebody burned alive for some reason seems very scary to me. Oh, yeah. I just had shivers down my spine. Yeah. Oh, yes. I agree. Um, For me, personally, nuns. Yeah, I also don't like nuns. And I don't know if maybe it's because of The Conjuring too. It could be that. I'm also not very religious, so that kind of scares me in general, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, you're right. That's close up second. Because in 1990, during a different renovation, as some construction workers were digging into the old chapel that was in the basement, they unearthed the mummified remains of three nuns. Oh, God. No. Mm. No, no. No? Well... With the approval from the archdiocese, the three nuns remain at rest on the museum grounds, buried under the main entrance door. So allegedly, Uh, people are said to have seen a procession of nuns walking through the halls. No, I don't like that at all. No, thank you. No, 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 no. Remember when I said I was going to go here? I'm highly contemplating not anymore. Really? No, I'm just kidding. I'm going. You better. (laughs) You got to. I would. So I have a final story for you. Yes. It's cited in one of the articles I read, but it originally comes from a book called Goblins, Ghosts, and Haunted Houses of Madrid by Angel Del Rio. And in the 1990s, a group of skeptical museum watchmen decided to stay late and perform a session with a Ouija board. Yes. (laughs) No, right? Absolutely. It's how every terrifying story begins. Oh, and I love it. So as they placed their hands on the panchette and asked questions, a spirit of a man appeared and was given the name Atelfo. Uh, Atelfo unfortunately became the bearer of bad news, stating, in a few days, you're going to have a great misfortune. Get ready. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Again, I really don't think I want to know ahead of time. Yeah. I mean, they're known for coming and t- saying, hey, something's going to happen. I feel like they need to just mind their goddamn business. Well, I mean, these watchmen didn't. <laughs> true. They disturbed the deceased. That's true. You know? 
Uh, but within days, a relative of one of the watchmen suddenly passed away in a car accident. Jeez. I know. Isn't this, it's really terrible. It's very intriguing. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. It's kind of, is this coincidence? Is this not? Correct. So obviously, some remain skeptical and some asked to be transferred from the museum. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rightfully I, so. Rightfully so. Um, in October 1997, one of the employees asked the Ministry of Environment of the Community of Madrid for a transfer after experiencing detriments to his physical and mental health after seeing the apparition on several occasions. Physical health? Yeah. Dizziness. Yeah, I guess. Lightheadedness. Okay. Yeah. Um, he began to experience depression along with dizziness. Yep. Pleaded for an exorcism before going back. To oh, rid wow. the spirits, right? Did he receive said exorcism? Uh, sounds like no, because Jose Guido, the director of the Reina Sofia Museum at the time, maintained that the story was just a joke that went too far for some. Got it. With that, the ministry made note that by virtue of the state of autonomy, the ministry lacks powers in paranormal phenomena. <laughs> <laughs> the government was like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> like, we don't know what we're not, doing. Not sure what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and they sealed the file on that one. <laughs> yep. This is not our area of expertise. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry, you're on your own? Um, excuse me, uh, Mr. Ghost, you're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> the handcuffs aren't working. The handcuffs are we- <laughs> aren't working. <laughs> uh, hilarious. Oh, God. But apparently reports of anything paranormal kind of eventually died down, especially in recent years, which makes many believe that there weren't any strange phenomena to begin with. Yeah. What do we say to those people, Dan? Shut up. And don't ruin the fun. Dang right. Dang right. And that's Reina Sofia Museo. Okay, that is so fascinating. Definitely putting that on my list to go visit. And I just love how long the history spans. Oh, dude. We're talking hundreds of years here. Well, that's I mean, amazing. all of the buildings out there. Yeah. Probably. It's amazing. And that's part of the reason why I love doing some of these international stories for you guys, because America just isn't that old. We just don't have the history that some of these other countries have. And so some of these paranormal stories from other countries go back a lot further. Mm-hmm. I think about that a lot, dude. You know? Yeah. It's so fascinating. I'm so excited you're going to be there. Yes. You're going to be there and experiencing the history kind of firsthand. Oh, I can't wait. And I'm really hoping I can get some audio of some spooky shit. Uh, So if you want to hear some of that audio of some spooky shit, as Dan says, (laughs) make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Grim Cities. Yes. And also feel free to email us anytime. Yes. We love a good email. We do. And our email is thegrimcitiespodcast at gmail.com. That is correct. Thanks again for coming along for another journey, y'all. And that's it. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah, take it from defecate, will you? <laughs> <laughs>